Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the great philanthropist and author Teddy Atlas. Teddy, how you doing? Good. I, I you know, not. I wanted to be a little better, better with my football picks. I was, I don't know the, I, I don't know. I had the Ravens and the 49ers, so I split over the weekend. Uh, but. Maybe it's not fair. I always want to be honest to say I even split because we're we're talking about my bookie over here, right? We're talking about you call my bookie, you make some extra change as long as you have that extra money in your pocket. Never gamble with money you don't have. Never bet over your head. Please, please. I got enough problems. I don't have to worry about you guys betting over your head, all right? Please. But (laughs) aside from that, maybe I didn't have one and one because my one winner was the 49ers, but I don't know that they covered because at the end of the game, they only wound up winning by three. So I don't know if they covered actually, but I picked the 49ers. I had the Ravens over the Chiefs and don't, I, I mean, it was, uh, it was a tremendous, a tremendous game. Uh, the Chiefs and the Ravens. Terrific game. Uh, The Chiefs, you know, they remind you with all the winning they've done, I I think they're at the status where you could just about call them a dynasty. Would you agree with that? Um, Yes. And with all the winning the Chiefs have done in the last, you know, whatever, six years, whatever it's been, two Super Bowls, you know, what truly stands out your former team the new england patriots you know they they had a real dynasty obviously and the things that the chiefs and them have in common is they both had special well great quarterbacks not even special just get right out teddy and say it great quarterbacks and great coaches you know and they always had the right receivers too you know the Chiefs. The Chiefs obviously have Mahomes. They have Andy Reid, the the coach, and they have Kelsey. Obviously, your former team, uh, the New England Patriots, had Brady, Belichick, and Gronk. But they had other guys too, and you know interchangeable different receivers that always kind of reminded me of the Chicago Bulls. When, as long as you had Michael Jordan, you were okay. You know what I mean? You, they had Brady, they were okay. There was interchangeable parts when you had Michael Jordan. There really were. Whether it was Horace Grant, whether you know, whether it was Kerr, whether it was whether I mean, oh, I'm trying to think of the centers that used to come in and out. They they had like two, three different centers over the span of time that they won all those championships, and. They they never was a guy that really got your attention until they got with the Bulls. They got with the Bulls, bang. They they fit right in. They played their role perfectly, and then they won more titles. Then then they then they changed to another guy and fit another player in there. Bang. Same thing. I mean, it was Jordan and Scottie Pippen, I guess, for the most part. But there was so many interchangeable other parts. Horace Grant was important, too. But there was so many interchangeable parts that that just, 
as long as Jordan was there. And it was the same thing with Brady all these years. And now it looks like it's the same things with Mahomes. They lost their speedster, right? He went to the Miami Dolphins. Um, trying to think of his name, but Tyreek Hill. Uh, yeah, Hill. They lost Tyreek Hill. It, it doesn't matter. You got Mahomes. You got Kelsey. You got Reed. Um, it, it's you know it it just was making me think about in this league in the NFL. My son would always say it. The scout, my son, he would always say, "You you got to have that quarterback. As long as you have that quarterback." Now there has been exceptions. He would remind me years ago, though, Baltimore, when they had a really a quarterback that could just manage the game, but they had a great defense. the The Chicago Bears years ago, wow, the Iron Curtain, whatever they were called, that great defense. They had uh, McMahon, I believe, uh, was the quarterback. And you know nothing special, tough kid, tough guy, but not not a standout quarterback. But they won it. They won it with the defense. Um, but for the most part, if you're going to win it more than once, you definitely have to have that quarterback. So Mahomes only 28 years old, going to his fourth Super Bowl is pretty outstanding and and unique. Yeah, you know who parallels that to me, Derek Jeter. Yeah, he won all those titles with with Joe Torre with the Yankees as a rookie. I mean, he came out as a rookie and just started winning title. He he must have thought that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, you go. <laughs> some people it's that way. Mahomes, it's that way. Um, you know, the, I'm gonna give the people out there that are looking to put in a bet for the Super Bowl with my bookie. Before I do it, I'm gonna complain a little bit. I I had the like I said I had the uh I had the 49ers over Detroit Lions. Give credit to the Lions. Which by the way, they are so lucky. Detroit was beating the brakes off them. The score didn't ind- indicate early on how bad yeah. Detroit was rolling them and then they just imploded. Coaching imploded. mistakes. Oh. Imploded. But the, oh, I mean, it's so ha- hard to see. I was rooting for Detroit. I know that coach, you know, he's uh, he's a gutsy guy. He's a riverboat gambler, so to speak. He's a tough guy. You know, he's no nonsense. You know, I, I love his saying. He said, you knock us down, we're going to get right up, and we're going to bite your kneecap as we get up. All right. I love the guy <laughs> for that, for that persona, for that grit. Got Turned that franchise around. Uh, in a short period of what three three years or so, but you know that old saying: you you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And he goes and takes those fourth down plunges, where instead of kicking a field goal, especially in a game like this, Ken take the points. I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to be a Monday night a Monday morning quarterback, but I am being a Monday morning quarterback. So uh, live up to it, Ted. Don't say you're not if you are. All right, I am, <laughs> but. <laughs> you know, take the points. Two times he decided not to take the field goals, and he went for it, and they failed both times. Psychologically, that does something to your team. Obviously, it does something to him on a scoreboard. And at the end of the game, you know, instead of having to have two scores, they they could have been in a position to only need one score. Um, well, look... Again, all speculation. You can't assume anything. All speculation. If my, you know, if, if my aunt had, you know, what 
uh, <laughs> right? So, yeah, all right, all, all speculation. But still, it was frustrating. I felt bad for them. They played so hard. But give credit for the 49ers. I mean, the way they came back with, you know, the way they uh, obviously always believed that they were going to come back and win that game, even though they were down by the amount of points. I think it's the biggest comeback in the history in the NFL for an AFC or that would be an was it AFC, NFC championship game. I believe it was the biggest comeback for an NFC title game um, being down at halftime the way they were. But I'm going to give a pick. We're going to push all that aside. I'm not going to wait a week. I could wait a week. I'm going to give you something now because maybe you want to get in if you're prone to betting. You might want to get in a little early because the lines will change. Or you might want to wait a minute and figure out which way the lines are going to go because right now I believe the 49ers are two-and-a-half-point favorites, which is kind of hard to believe you're going up against Mahomes and Kansas City, the team I just finished talking about for 10 minutes. But, all right. They're two-and-a-half-point favorite. Maybe you want to wait. Especially when you consider how San Francisco looked early against Detroit and you think about what Kansas City was able to do against Baltimore, who looked like world beaters all year. I mean, Kansas City looked great. San Fran looked very beatable. So I'm surprised that they're a favorite. But I agree. But I where I disagree with you is, for me, it's the mental side is everything. 75% of my business in boxing is mental. No different than other endeavors in life anything where there's risk and in business whatever it is and for me the 49ers even though you're not supposed to you're professionally supposed to be ready for everyone for me the 49ers may have taken the lions a little bit at least early on for granted a little bit and then they woke up and they got into it and then you know what happened happened to help them a little bit they're not taking if i'm right about that they are not taking the 49ers who have beaten them. They are not the the 49ers are not taking the Chiefs who have beaten them. They are not taking them for granted. They're not taking Mahomes and Kelsey and you know and Reed for granted. That's for sure. That's for sure. So I'm I'm gonna say that they're gonna they're gonna be ready in a way that maybe early on they weren't quite as mentally ready in the game against the Lions. Uh, taking nothing away from the Lions. They, they got players. They got playmakers. They, they showed that. But the 49ers do too. They got playmakers. And um, even though Purdy is more of a managing quarterback, still, when he has to, he hits the right passes. He has to be accurate. He hits the right pass. And he's got the right guys to hit. And he's got that running back, McCafferty, who's extraordinary too um and they got a terrific defense and terrific line rushing the passer as my son had told me years ago so maybe you want to wait maybe the money comes in late because you know money's going to come in right wouldn't you think money's going to come in on the chiefs can you know with Mahomes and you know what they are and their dynasty and you can't count them out um I would think that money's going to come in late. Maybe the line goes from two and a half, I don't know, to one. I, I, I don't I know. I think so. Maybe. Whatever. Whatever you believe. Whatever you want to put it in, here it is. 
I'm putting it in the oven for you to take out whenever you're ready, whenever you think it's time, it's baked right, take out and, and go and bring it to my bookie. I'm going to take, I'm taking the 49ers. I'm going to say that finally, after losing twice in the last five years in the Super Bowl, I believe that's what it is, I'm going to say they're finally going to get it. They're finally going to get it. They got a terrific coach too. Reed, of course, is special. They're finally going to get it. And the thing that I'm going to leave you with, all the things that I'm impressed with about the Chiefs, you know what I'm the most impressed with, Ken? What's that? The class and humility that they show through all of it. That was that just kind of caught me yesterday. With all that success and everything else, just to see Mahomes and all, all the obviously Reed, the the whole just the whole organization, just that they still have class and humility. That's that's a lesson. I think that it never gets old. That can always be uh, can always be a reminder for all of us, for all of us, and whatever again, and whatever our quests are in life, whatever our missions are, whatever it is that we're trying to do, and that maybe we do do, and we hopefully do do at a at the level that we work hard to do, but. You can always have class and humility. There's certain things you can't. Certain things that are not in your grasp. They're a little harder to be in your grasp. It's, it's a little bit more difficult to get those things. Those two things are gettable and doable for everybody if they want to do it. So I applaud it. Um, you know, to see that, I don't care who you're rooting for, that is something that that you notice. Now on to something else that we notice. Punches in the face, punches in the body, <laughs> punches that go past you, that you slip in the air and you counter, all of that. Let's go for that. Yep, let's do it. Let's get into Can I the say One thing, I want to just alert people, Ken, before you line that up. Uh, we got an interview with, uh, the champion, the welterweight champion in the UFC, Leon Edwards, coming up. Uh, quite frankly, we were supposed to do it today, but they're over in, in England. I believe England, right? Am I correct? Yeah. Uh, correct. Him and his terrific trainer and um, good people. Talk about class and humility. It fits. It fits right there. Uh, something came up. We hope everything's okay. It was a family matter, whatever. We hope everything's okay. But we'll be interviewing him soon. Also, I know we're supposed to be interviewing Andy Lee and Joseph Parker, and they got that, obviously, Parker, they got that big fight coming up with Zay Lee. So I guess they're in training camp, but we'll, we'll figure that out. I know we're going to get that interview. Uh because they said we would get it, and they're men of their word. And Keith Sullivan, my friend and the attorney for my foundation, uh, Charity Foundation, who does so much help there and so much good, uh, who's also helping us get a national commission, along with Dan Donovan and Pedro Martinez Fraga. But they, I, I know where, and, and Keith Sullivan is also co-managers, uh, co-managers of fighter with Andy Lee. 
a prospect, uh, Donovan, Patty Donovan, who's a prospect out of Ireland. I think he's about 12, 13, 14, you know. Yeah, he's, he's one of the top prospects coming up. So I know we'll get that interview. And also, I just want to put people out there, just kind of put the alert on to be looking when the time comes, when the fights come close, to look for a couple of fight plans that me and Ken did in New York City recently. Uh, one on Fury Usyk and one on Nganyu and Joshua. So once those fights get closer, those fight plans will uh, be at your avail where you can look at them and then you can figure it out and maybe call up my bookie again if you're inclined to. If you're not, well, you watch the fight plan and then when you watch the fight, you say, okay, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to take a notebook and I'm going to make little marks here, little, uh, you know, notes where Teddy's right and when he's wrong. So I can go and I can um, go after him when he's wrong. You don't have to uh, mark down when you're wrong because the haters will let you know anytime you make mispronunciation, misspeak. You could talk for two, three hours. If you make one mistake, they'll come in off the top rope. If you walk on water, they'll say you can't swim. Well, they better be ready for mispronunciations <laughs> because I, I am not to be mistaken for us and Wells. And, and I never tried to be. Never tried to be. <laughs> Orson Welles, the great enunciator. He's, he's a great <laughs> pronunciator, enunciator, <laughs> and everything else. Like 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 the great. Uh, if I dare to put myself in the same phrase in the same uh, sort of way with the great 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 Muhammad Ali, I would say that. Like Ali said to Howard Cosell, the late great Howard Cosell, when Cosell called him a truculent young man. And Ali, the quick whiz that he was, quickly said, I have no idea what that is, but if it's good, I'm it. Well, I'm saying the same <laughs> damn thing about you, Ken. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about half the time, but if it's good, I'm there. <laughs> All right. All right, let's get into it. Jaime Munguia stops John Ryder in the ninth round, knocks him down four times, pretty much handled him. And I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. Was it an excellent performance from Munguia? Or do you think Ryder just mailed this one in? It looked to be a lackluster performance from Ryder, at least compared to the performance he put on versus Canelo. Um, I like Jaime Munguia. I have liked him from the beginning, but his resume certainly lacks impressive wins. And this one over John Ryder on the surface could look impressive unless you're of the belief that Ryder kind of phoned this one in. I didn't think he was the best version we've ever seen of John Ryder. Body didn't look very impressive to say the least looked a little soft compared to the way he normally looks what'd you think i don't think a guy like Ryder would ever mail anything in what i i i think that what i said in the preview last week for the people that did watch last week i previewed this fight and i said i called Ryder a, a tough guy a, a journeyman and when you're a journeyman what does that mean it means that you've been around and what does that mean what does that and you know what does that encapsulate with that that You've got miles on the odometer. You're a journeyman. You've been around. You've been in with a lot of guys, a lot of good guys. Uh, he had just gone the distance with Canelo. That was a feather in his cap, uh, all that. But when you're a journeyman and you've been around, he's 35 years old, I believe, 
and you've been around, which I alluded to for a reason, you start to get a shop one. Munguia, uh, I think he had a better performance than Canelo had. I'm taking nothing away from Ryder with the Canelo, but I think Canelo didn't have the greatest performance that night, but um, credit Ryder. He had a great performance that night, but now he's he's got a few more miles since then on his odometer, the journeyman, and sometimes you never know when those miles start to show. And I think they're starting to show a little bit. And also, the size and the, just the strength of McGee. He, he's a big, strong guy. He's a good body puncher besides, you know, being a good, strong puncher to that. He's a guy, when he was first coming up, just a big, raw guy. He reminded me of a middleweight version of George Foreman, so to speak. <laughs> and very raw, very great. And he's still raw, but he's getting better. And I've said that. I said it in a preview last week, Ken. <laughs> he's getting better. He's improving. A lot of people don't see. He is. He's getting, he had a tough fight with Devin Shanko. Um, but, you know, he wound up going through the fire and then getting to Devin Shanko when he needed to at the end with body work. And just he, he shows a great chin, great heart. I mean, just that great Mexican uh, spirit and and fortitude and just national pride uh, that so many of the great Mexican fighters have with that great history that they know every time they get in a ring that they're representing that, that means something. It means something. And Munguia shows that. He, Like I said, he's still raw. They brought in a new trainer, Fred Roach. Give him some credit. But I'll be honest with you. I, don't, I wouldn't have made the change, but it's not a bad change, Fred Roach. But... I thought he was improving. They had had him before that with Eric Morales, the you know the former champion, great Mexican champion, great champion. Period. They had him with him. They switched to Roach now. I thought he was progressing. He's a work in progress. Again, he. It sounds funny to say a work in progress for a guy forty three and old now, but he is. And I, I'm going to do something that doesn't get done too often anymore. I'm going to credit Oscar De La Hoya. Uh, and Golden Boy. I am. Because when when they need to be knocked, they get knocked. But when they need to be credited, they should get credited. They've done a good job, a hell of a job developing this guy because he was raw. And they could have put him in too soon. They could have made a mistake. You could also say, oh, yeah, they built this Rick and his Rick and his garbage. You you could say all that. Meanwhile, he's won world titles. He's He's made money. And he's in line now, maybe, for a mega fight with an iconic fighter now, right? Like Canelo. Uh, it's possible he could, he has put himself in line for, for a mega fight, for one of those big fights. And again, they did it. They navigated it. De La Hoya and Golden Boy, they navigated it. They could have, this is a guy, if you made a mistake... And thought, oh, I have a big guy. He's got a great chin. He can punch. You know, I put him in. You could have been. You could have got a loss real quick. He was that. He's got flaws. Everyone does. But he had that many flaws. He was that green. So they built around his strength. They knew what to do, and they also knew what not to do. Sometimes it's more important to know what not to do. They knew what not to do with him. I credit the lawyer. They've done a. They really. They've done a. Good job to get him to where they got him to. And he's still got flaws. Maybe Roach can help a little bit again. I thought he was 
developing in those areas. I really did. But that's their choice. Okay. Um, I think to answer your question again, Ken, I think it was a combination of Ryder being a journeyman, more miles, you know, on that car, getting a little bit worn. He he looked a little worn as the fight went on. He looked a little worn. And but give credit, McGee did what he had to do. Um I would say that I would say that Munguia, I like the way, you know, I, I had said last week that he had options how to go in this fight. Ryder had no options. What I meant by that was Ryder had to fight inside. He's a short, stocky guy. He's got to fight inside. He's got six losses now. He's got seven losses. Um, he has to fight inside. is a long guy. He's got long arms. He's tall. He's He's got that size, that skeleton. He's moved up already a few weight classes. He he had the option to fight outside, get full extension on his punches, or go inside. And I thought he could do either. I thought he could go into the home territory of Ryder, into the turf of Ryder on the inside, you know, into Ryder's wheelhouse, so to speak, and and get the better there too. And he did. And he also did on the outside. I thought he was better suited on the outside with his jab and straight right hand uh, the southpaw killer, because right is the southpaw. I thought that showed in the second round when he scored a knockdown with a nice jab, nice straight right hand, scored a knockdown with Ryder. Um, Ryder survived it. Ryder had some rounds. He came back. I think it was the seventh round. He had a good round. You know, he came back, but he was getting worn. For the most part, between the jab and the right hand of Munguia, the body work every once in a while, he he was getting worn down. I will put this warning out there. And uh, a buyer beware. Yeah, buyer beware with the McGee. As I... He, he is vulnerable. He got hit jabs by Ryder. Clean jabs. Um, he got hit. This is what worries me. When he steps up. And that time's coming. It's coming now. You're 43-0. and it's, it's time. It's time. It's time. Who's that? Who was the, who, who's the, the great announcer for UFC? It's time! Bruce Buffer. There it is. There it is. And I'm not stealing any lines. I tell the person. That's his line. I'm not a thief. There are thieves out there. <laughs> there are a couple of myths in the fogs in the, in the, that are out there that are around that sometimes grab other people's things and they forget to credit them. But it's just a lapse of memory, I'm sure. But getting back to this, I he's going to have to step up. And when he steps up, the couple things that worry me the most, yeah, he got hit with the jab clean. And that means if he gets hit the jab, the punch behind that could hit him too. But what really worries me the most as a trainer for Magia that he hasn't improved yet is that if you punch with him, you can hit him. If you time him, you can hit him. And these better fighters at that next level, two things. One, they can punch. And two, they will time you. They will punch with you. 
that that's the difference from some of the guys you've beaten already. So, and and exactly what do I mean? I mean like while he's throwing, there's just a little too much space, a little too much, and the experienced guys can punch right. Ryder did it. Ryder punched in between the shots and caught him a couple nice clean punches, Ken. Really. But he Ryder wasn't able to affect him to the degree he would have had to. But but he got his attention, but he couldn't take him to that next point. Those other guys can. And and McGee has a great chin. But really, nobody has a good enough chin when they face guys who can punch who can time you and hit you clean. Sooner or later, everyone's chin, everyone's chin succumbs, uh, you know, to the, hey, look at Muhammad Ali. Who had a better chin than him? But when he fought Joe Frazier, 15th round, in that fight of the century, left hook, dropped him, got up, great chin, dropped him. But Munguia, has to correct that. Now I guess it's in the hands of Roach. So, you know, he that's to earn his money, that's what he's got to do. He's got to improve. He's putting punches together better. I've seen that progress. He didn't used to do that. He has progressed in those areas. He's gotten defensively better. He uses his legs sometimes. He mixes it up sometimes. But that flaw that's still there, that stands out, it's like a, it's it's an eye, uh, you know, it's an eye swell for me. It's a, I saw for me, as the old timers would say. I, I, I see it, and I'm like, that has to be repaired. That's something you can't get away with, where you get time because as you're punching, you're just a little too fat, and the guy can punch in between, or he can catch you coming in. Those two things, he must get better. He must correct that. Where otherwise, in one of those fights with the next level guys, somebody's going to time him. And so at the end of the day, uh, you know, he, he did a, he got the job done. He put some nice combinations together. Uh, I, I, I want to, let's see, I want to, see exactly which ones I want to give him credit for but he uh, in the 6th round rider caught did catch McGee coming in a little bit uh, and of course he did use the jab as I said that did well but I thought that there was a knockdown I forget if it was third I think he got credit for another knockdown in the 4th that I didn't think McGee really scored a knockdown. I'll be honest with you. I thought the ref got it wrong. I thought it was a jab to the shoulder, and he was off balance, but he got a knockdown. I thought in the third round, there was a clean body shot that had hit Ryder, and McGee didn't get credit <laughs> for that one. So, you know, they I, I thought it got kind of mixed up a little bit, but... In the ninth round early on, when it got ended, Ryder dropped two times. Uh, and the way he got dropped was pretty good by McGee. McGee bent low, took his eyes down a little bit, and then he threw a looping right hand up high, hit him on top of the head, and dropped Ryder, who, again, I thought was getting a little, a little worn out. 
um, and looking worn out, looking shop worn. And then that was the first knockdown of the last round, the ninth round. Turned out to be the last round. And then the second knockdown, Ken, was a right hand to the a right hand to the head and then a left hook to the body. Really, really well placed. Very nicely placed. So anyway, what I want to finish up with with this, I think the fans would like to hear this. Where is he now? Now he's in a he's at that he's at that place, right? Where the big guys are there waiting now. You know, the 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 big fellas are there waiting now. And maybe take a maybe we take a little quick peek at those fights that are waiting now. One of them is Canelo, the Golden Goose, the guy that you know. You get that, you can retire. I mean, you know, to a certain extent, right? You could, I mean, you you get paid that kind of money. Um, there's also a couple other guys there. And I want to go over the other guys that are there. Obvious Benavides at 168 pounds, right? Uh, Your guy, David Morell. Yeah, uh, he's he's nine and zero with eight knockouts, and he's right up there. As Morell's ten and zero at nine knockouts. Ten and zero. I thought he was nine and zero, but he he was the great amateur. He's won a world title. In a short, short period of time, right? And uh, yep, I have him. I'm trying to find the other guys that are there, but I have him as a top guy. Morel, dangerous, good puncher. I think he's special, Morel. I do. I know he hasn't fought anybody yet, but his amateur pedigree tells you, you know, tells you that he's the real deal. Tells me, tells me. And if people say, oh, you're jumping too soon. Well, I didn't jump too soon when I said Lomachenko in his second pro fight, and he won a world title very early, just like Morel, just like Rigondeaux, just like Inouye. You know, they're special guys. And I think he's he's on that path of those guys who have won titles, Morel, who have won titles really early for a reason. And... When I said Lomachenko, I think it was after the second pro fight, I put him in my top 10 pound-for-pound list with ESPN. Everybody was attacking me. Come on, you can't do that. Why? I did it. I just did it. Well, yeah, but Teddy, he's got two pro fights. You can't can't make him a pound-for-pound. Yeah, I did. I did because I trust my eyes. I trust my 50 years in the business. I trust my instincts. I trust my judgment. And that judgment, all those things, tells me he's gonna he's gonna be a pound for pound guy, and he belongs there. And sure enough, it it got proven out okay, you know. But I was taking a little bit of heat at the beginning, so the fights now for I'd st- I I don't think you know Morel, as I said, very dangerous. I think he's real. You got better feeders. He is real. We know that, not just because. Uh, his record, but because of the guys that he's beaten on that record already. Uh, you got Canelo. He, of course, he's real. He's what he is. Um, those are the some of the top guys. Of course, you got Plant, who's up there too. Um, 
and you got this guy Mabrilli, M B I L L I. Um, I'm looking for my notes, but I believe I'm spelling it right. I, I don't know how the Christian Mbili, M B I L I. <clears throat> yeah, I really uh, like 26 and 0, 22 knockouts. Yeah, but I like him. I'll tell you, not yeah. because his record, the record means something or it could mean nothing. For me, it's because of what he is, what I believe he is. Just like what I said about Lomachenko, you know, at, at an early point, what I thought and believed that he was. Mabelli, what he is, is he is a nightmare to fight. You get to fight him, you're getting an invitation to visit hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's one of my favorite fighters now with Matias, the lightweight, and a couple other guys. He is one of my favorite fighters to watch. And I want to see him get a shot somewhere. This guy is a short, strong, 168-pound guy who's who's very physical, very determined, very relentless, very, obviously very aggressive, relentless. Um, he He's a bigger version of one of the greatest fighters of all time. I'm not saying he'll ever be anything near this guy because we don't know. He's got a lot of road to still plow. We have no idea. He hasn't fought those guys. But my favorite fight of all time, or one of my top two or three, everyone knows it, Henry Armstrong. Henry Armstrong, homicide hack, had close to, you know, over 255, whatever it was, uh, probably 115 knockouts, whatever, but won full titles, featherweight, lightweight, uh, welterweight, and then he went and he, he, he went and defended them simultaneously in like two, three-month period, and then he really won a middleweight title against Severino Garcia, but they robbed him. They made it a 15-round draw, so the guy, I mean, I know that he'll ever get in the shadow of the great Henry Armstrong, but he reminds me of him, his style, his purpose, his attitude. He gets inside, he puts his head on your chest, and he punches, and he moves you backwards, and he don't freaking stop. And like I said, he's strong. He goes to the body, he goes to the head. He is a, he, he's a cyclone. He, he is a, he, he's just a, he's a rain machine. He is a rain machine. The only thing is that he rains punches. And, and he just pours them on you. And I love, I love to watch him. I love to watch him in a... I love to watch him now at this point in his career. It's time for him to step up too. I'd love to watch him in, in, a, in, a, in a real consequential fight. Uh, and that would be a consequential fight. So right now, for me, for the fans out there... That's McGee's at a place where, you know, you get the Canelo fight good. Do I think he's ready to beat those guys yet? No. Uh, well, I just saw a tweet that's saying um, Canelo's most likely opponents this year are going to be Jamal Charlo and then Terrence Crawford is what's being reported by. I don't uh, want to see Charlo. Sal Rodriguez from ESPN. Charlo. We're talking about the undefeated Charlo, right? The the one, mm -hmm. yeah, of course. He, yes, and, and correct because he just um, he just beat the other one. Yeah, um, he just beat uh, Jamel. Uh, Jamel. 
the brother hasn't fought. He had one fight against the moving up welterweight in Benavides, right? Right? Yep. Uh, he looked good. I'll give him credit. He looked good against the built... Uh, Jose Benavides, not I just David. said it. I said the welterweight oh, Benavides moving up. So, yeah. yeah. yeah no, it's all I right. I sure no, if we... No. Uh, I just don't want to confuse the fans. No, I, I don't confuse them. You confused them. You confused them. Uh, no, no. I, I said I don't want to I confuse know. the fans. Just clarify for others. Don't confuse them then. Do not confuse them anymore. Let's make sure we don't. I said welterweight Benavides... The welterweight Benavides, who has a few losses, couple losses, um, moved up to fight Canelo, right? And uh, got paid. And Canelo looked good. Uh, right, it was with Canelo, right? Yeah. That was the last fight, right? You're, yep. you're looking at it, right? And Benavides, gutsy guy, you know, Really a, should be welterweight. But that was his first fight in how long? Two years? Over two years. He's had some mental health issues. He's had different situations. I'll tell you one thing. I, I can't talk about that and I can't trace that without, again, I can't help it. I get myself in trouble. I don't care. I, I'm a compulsive. I'm, I got to tell things that I believe are should be told. I'm like the guy, I'm like the character, what's his name? Uh, Jim Carrey from Liar Liar, where I, I can't lie. I, something happened to me. I, just, I can't lie. You know, and, and I'm no perfect guy. I've, I've, I try to be better every day and not lie and not, not submit to those, those, you know, those temptations to put yourself forward. Um, you know, I, I try to be better in those areas. Um, I think we all try to be better, uh, try not to lie, try to lie. But I would be remiss and I would be overlooking something that I think should be said that, you know, when, when Charlo fought him and hasn't fought for over two years, Charlo was one of the few privileged people that privileged fighters out there. There's a few of them out there, right? But he's one of, but this speaks to some of the problems, inherent problems in, in the game that I love, boxing. No matter what, he didn't fight for two years, this year it could have been 22 years. What happens? He doesn't get stripped. He keeps his title. Other guys get stripped. Other guys right away, they want to take this guy, Crawford's title, they want to take this guy. They want to, they, they, they take all the titles. But, then there's certain guys, whether it's Canelo, whether it's Charlo, where, you know, the guy could go on, on a hiatus for, you know, he, he could decide to go and hang out with Grizzly Adams up in the, in the cabin somewhere, you know, and, and just go hunting for, you know, small game and fox for maybe three, four years. And, you know, start putting pelts outside his cabin and say, no, nah, I, I had to get away from boxing. You know, this is what I'm doing. I had to escape. And he'd still be champion of the world. <laughs> he, he'd still, he would still have a freaking title. And it's not right. It's part of the problems with boxing. So I had to put that out there. I couldn't help it. I, I couldn't help it. So Charlo, 
he's been he's been looked out for, right? Is that fair to say, Ken? He's been privileged. Yeah. Is that fair? He's he's one of the chosen one. Is that fair? One of the protected one. Fair. Whatever. And so he hasn't fought for over two years. And now they're gonna put him in with Canelo, the Golden Goose. Uh, again, he he looked okay in his last fight against the welterweight, right? But I'm not chomping at the bid to see that fight. Are you? No. Uh, uh, again, I'm. I'm uh, Canelo can, you know, he picks and shoots. And then people get mad at me when I say he's not. You know, he's a terrific fighter, tremendous fighter. Want to call him a great fighter? Go ahead. But when I say that he's not the greatest Mexican fighter of all time or even close or in the top couple because those guys fought everyone. He picks and chooses. You know, he, he did fight Bevo, but he, he might have learned his lesson. He ain't doing that no more. But, you know, and now he's fighting these other, again, he's got the privilege of picking and choosing where we also have we we also have the ability to pick and choose what we want to watch, and I don't want to watch that. You know, he he's privileged in that way. He he's got the ability to pick and choose because of the things I just think I I mapped out pretty well or laid out pretty well. Well, guess what? We have to. I I don't want to watch that. I you know I'll watch him and Magia. Now, where do I think Magia fits? Because he's got to move up to those guys now, right? Forty-three and zero—it's about time. If he fights right now, Canelo, I think Canelo beats him. I think he—he he might catch him one of those shots I just talked about, where he punches with him. He counter punches well, Canelo. He's a good puncher. He might hurt him coming in. He might hurt him in an exchange and catch him in between. But Canelo. Has shown me signs of sometimes getting showing a little wear, where he's slipping a little. Now he looked good in his last fight with a welter. All right, but I don't know if it's slippage or loss of interest. Because when you have a bank account as big as his, and you you've done as much as he's done on the stage that he's done, you can lose interest if it's not a fight that that really catches your interest or threatens you. You you get to a point where you get comfortable with these fights where you it it might not bring the best out in you, even though there's no excuse. You're a pro, but we're human. They're human. They don't get up for the top fights if it's not a top fight no more. They don't get up for those certain fights unless it is a top fight in their mind. Is what I want to say. So if Canelo, I like I said. I don't know if he's slipping a little. He's getting old. He's been around a long time. Since he's 15, 16 years old, he turned pro in Mexico. I think 15. He, he's been around a long time. Whether he's slipping or whether, like I said, sometimes it, the fight doesn't get him. He doesn't get up for certain fights anymore. Whatever it is, McGee would be better served to probably wait a little longer and see if he slips a little more. If he fights Canelo right now, I like Canelo. All right, who's next on the list? The next guy there, Ken, who's the next guy? It would be Benavides. I don't think he's ready for Benavides. All right? Benavides, I think, is the top guy at 168. 
I have him and then Canelo. He's the top guy. So he's not ready for him. The next one. The only other one is Caleb Plant. I think that would make the most sense. I like Plant. He's a good, technically he's good. He's gutsy guy. He's fought all the top guys now. You know, he's come up short with the two top guys. Uh, but he, you know, he gives you everything. Uh, he has improved as a fighter. He has, his last couple of fights, he has taken a lot of, you know, obviously damage. But with his experience, he's not a big puncher, but he's a, he's a, he's become a pretty, pretty solid guy. Um, and like I said, he only lost to the top guys. So, and he, you know, he's lost, I mean, he's, you could say he's lost badly to the top guys. He's he's obviously gotten dominated by the top guys. But we don't know if Munguia's the top guy yet. That's right. That would be, yeah, Ken, that would be, right? That would be almost like, that would be almost like putting Plant in a, and he's a former champ, but putting him in the category of, for that fight at least, of being the gatekeeper, like see if McGee yeah. deserves to go on that bridge, to go across that bridge, to get through that gate. So that would, I, at, at the end of the day, I think McGee might be too young still, youthful, young, strong, uh, and confident. You know, one of the sayings that I used to use when I was calling the fights, that guy, McGee hasn't learned how to lose yet. And there's a strength to that. There's a power to that. And I think that power, that strength would show in that fight. He hasn't learned how to lose yet. And he shows that pride. And he fights not to lose, really, when, when the moments come, like they did with Devonchenko. So I would favor Munguia. But to me, that's the, that would possibly be the most interesting, possibly competitive one. Because like I said, I don't think he's ready right now for Canelo. Maybe a little longer. Definitely not for Benavides and not for Morrell. Well, if ESPN is right and Canelo's going to fight Charlo and then um, Terrence Crawford, both guys moving up in weight um, to obviously giving a slight advantage to uh, Canelo there, that leaves what's next for Benavides, Morrell, Christian and Billy, you know, like all those guys are, should be if, fighting each other. Well, that's, that's what I think. They've all proven they can beat everyone else except each other. And like I said, uh, right now I'm concentrating on what's next for McGee. So for me, yeah, I know. No, no, it's fine. You, you, you're right. But I'm in that same neighborhood of what you're in right now. It all mixes together. But if I'm going to be definitive with it and and concentrate mostly on who's McGee goes next. Uh, obviously, I stay away from Benavides. I I look for Canelo if you can, if if you can get that fight, uh, you make the most money and you you got a shot. I I, I favor Canelo, um, and then you stay away from Morel because Morel you can't make the big money. No, because he's not exactly. he's not up there yet as far as you know that kind of name. He doesn't have that name power, that star power name. So, but but I think he's the real deal. So you stay the frick away from him, and <laughs> and Mabelli, he don't have the name yet. But I would love nope. to see that fight as a fan. I'd love to see Mabelli with anyone. I'd I'd like to see him with Benavides 
I like to see him with Canelo. Uh, I'm gonna go down your road, Ken. I'm glad you opened the gate to your road. I'm gonna go down for those other guys. I'd rather see Canelo with my belly. I'd rather see him with of any of the guys. Uh, obviously, you know he's not gonna fight Morel or any of those guys. But I, I'd like to see him with m- m- with my belly. Um, I would like to. I would like to see anybody, any of those guys I just mentioned. I'd like to see them mix in. Uh, you know, the Charlo Canelo fight has zero appeal to me. me I don't either. know why, but I have well, no interest. Terence Crawford, now that's interesting, but Charlo, not so much. No, because of what I think, because of what I kind of touched on, and and yeah. and that you're kind of backing that. But again, I I'd love to see. It's not going to happen, but I'd love to see McGee and Belly. I want to put Belly's name out there to our fan base because I know we have great fans, and and most of you probably know him, but there's some that don't know him. That don't know him. Man, he's a, like I said, he's a freaking rainstorm. He, if you like rainstorms and you like thunder, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I'm, I don't know, too many people. I like rainstorms. I actually do. I like to, as long as I'm underneath something, you know. I, 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 love, I love torrential rain. There's something about the force of torrential rain in nature. This guy, there's something about the force of his nature. Um, Mabelli, I I. I really like him that much. Um, and, and I'm interested to see how good is he with that style. You know, how, how far can he go with that, with that style? But anyway, uh, I, that, that would be the prospects for me in, in that, you know, in that uh, super middleweight division. Um, with those, those, those would be the, the guys. Those would be the guys. Yeah. Well, let's talk quickly. Uh, and one other thing, on, Ken, I want to just say, uh, for McGee, and I think I really gave a pretty good X-ray of him, but he's also a classy, respectful kid. I made a note to myself. I didn't want to miss that. Um, he is. He's a. I. I, I really. I love his. I just love his makeup, his demeanor, his his personality, his you know his character, uh, the way he conducts himself. Uh, he's you know he it hasn't gotten to his head. He's he's a, he's become a star over there in Mexico. I mean they they make yeah. their fighters stars. He reminds me a little of Mikey Garcia in his personality. Yeah, uh, I I just I just think he's a he comes across as a really good kid. And um, the one other thing yeah. I had to say was um, we in that fight, in that promotion, the zone promotion, Golden Boy promotion with you know with Magia, uh, we're going to talk about the cold feature. You, I'll let you bring us to it. But I, when they were doing the, when they were getting ready. And doing interviews. I don't know if you watched it, Ken, but I, I think Eddie Hearn does a great job. I mean, he's he's a multi-zillionaire. He's the big promoter over in Europe. Him and Frank Warren. Hearn is bigger. Uh, now they now they're going over there and doing what should be done. It they're, they're taking the Saudi money, the oil money, and they're you know they're they're making they're making some some really good fights and big fights. Uh, over there in Saudi Arabia now, where, quite frankly, without 
Well, without the sudden influx of money and interest from Saudi Arabia over there, um, putting these fights, getting these promoters to give us fights that they weren't going to give us. They haven't been given us. We weren't getting. You got to give them credit that they're, they're suddenly given an uh, infusion, a, a shot of life to boxing that needs it, that really does need it, um, you know, uh, to, to start giving us these fights that, again, they, they were there to get. There was one thing missing. The huge oil money that, that's being thrown at them now that's suddenly gotten these promoters to come out of their, you know, shells, you know, because they're shy. They're shy. It got them to come out of their shells a little bit, Ken, and, and you know, make fights that we wanted but couldn't be made because there, was, there could have been good money for them, but there wasn't a crazy money. You start throwing crazy money, as the Saudis are throwing now at these promoters, you find out really the truth of boxing, that these fights could be made, but as long as they couldn't control everything because they, they wanted to control both sides, they weren't going to make it unless, kind of like what happened with Pacquiao and, and Mayweather years ago, unless the money becomes so enormous that guys like Aram and Al Heyman, whoever they were, whoever the, the, the characters were, the promoters were, it doesn't matter that they could suddenly come together. They could suddenly, you know, get in the same room together and say, okay, yeah, we'll make that fight. And right now, the fans are the benefactors of, I'm, I'm, a part of me is upset that it, it takes that that kind of money because how long I guess that could continue as long as the Saudis stay interested but it shouldn't take that it's these fights should be made with what's available with the resources here but listen I could talk about that till the cows come home and it wasn't going to happen uh, the only way it was going to happen when the money got big enough. And the only way that happened in a natural way over here was when Pacquiao and Mayweather got big enough, but then it was five years too late. The good thing about the injection of this money making it happen, you know, this extraordinary money making it happen, is that it's happening now. So, and we're benefiting. The, the boxing fans are benefiting from now having a chance to get fights that they were hoping to get, but chances were they weren't going to get. So, um, but the the thing was when they would when they were doing the interviews, Eddie Hearn, who of course you know does most of the big boxing at the Zone, Golden Boy and him, right? And it was a Golden Boy show. But they had Eddie Hearn on interviewing him, and I get it. You know he's a big promoter. He's got a lot of juice over there. Again, he does a, he puts big fights on. I get it. But I don't need to hear him analyzing fights. <laughs> you, you, you with me, Ken? Ken, are you with me? Uh, of course. I, it's Ken. as bad as Oscar and Bernard Hopkins, the two biggest cheerleaders. I get it that you're the promoter, but you look like a caricature of yourself when you're jumping in the ring and pounding your heart when, you're, when your fighter wins. Like, take a break, man. Like, the fighters do the speaking. I, I can't I don't stand think they do that. But this is a little different. No, I agree. I'm just saying the whole show is like a sideshow. 
Like when we watch the NFL, we we're talking about NFL earlier. When they're breaking down the X's and O's of the game, it's it's a coach, a former coach, it's a former player. You know, somebody who is entitled to do that, that 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 has earned the right to do that. That you know, that you can you can say, Okay, I'll listen to this guy. You know, he's <laughs> legitimate. He's got the legitimate right to to break down a game. But yeah. They don't. They don't bring in the guy from NBC who's promoting a fight to bring it down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and look, no, I know let, exactly let, what you let mean. Eddie Hearn, let Eddie like Hearn tell us about the fights to look forward to. Let him talk about the fights he's going to make. Let him talk about the Saudi money that's going to uh, that's being infused into the business that's going to that's changing the business right now and fights to look forward to to get us excited to get the fans because you have to have something to be excited about. So let him yeah. talk about that. That's his thing. But please, 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 please. Whoever's in charge there, and, and and whatever network it is, think a little bit. Think a little bit before you say, I'm going to have him analyze and break down and do X's and O's of how certain fighters are going to win a fight and break and how what they got to do to win a fight and, and what their style is and what their talent and how they... I, please, I don't want to hear... I want to hear an expert do that. I want to hear somebody who's earned the right to do. It. I want to hear a guy that that has made his living not not his living promoting the fights, but his living making fighters. His living, and you can say, well, he's made fighters. He's promoted them up to, yeah. But I'm talking about in the gym, a guy that's either developed fighters for a living, or has done it himself at a at a certain level, at a good level. I want to hear that they earned the right to do it. I, I and that's legitimate. What's going to come out of their mouth? I don't want to hear. Well, and it's not just Eddie. Any of those guys. It's not just Eddie. I. I but I don't want to hear any of them. Ken. Ken. I don't want to hear them tell me something they heard a trainer say, and then, so they're going to repeat <laughs> it, or or something that they think makes sense. Or they don't know because that's not their thing. That that they don't have the experience. Yeah, my point with the promoters, it's like... The, you with me on that, though? I mean... Yeah, of course. It's the whole production, though. It's like they just do counterintuitive things. Like you're promoting a fight, and the guy who's obviously your fighter wins, and you're in there like waving pom-poms around. Like Dana White doesn't get in there and start doing cartwheels when someone wins a fight. Like it's so unprofessional. And to your point, this is... I'm saying basically another version of what you're saying is like they'll do anything on the broadcast that the promoter who's putting the, the event on tells them to. And it, there's a reason that's traditionally not done. It looks unprofessional, biased, and it paints a picture that, yeah, something's go, something ain't right with this. The, the promoter shouldn't be celebrating like he just uh, – like he, it's the 4th of July every time the A-side wins. It just – I don't know. It cheapens the uh, product, I think. But – and the same thing with interviewing the promoter as, as an analyst. Like you said, it's like, what, what are his qualifications for breaking down a fight? He's a promoter. He could tell you what the, what the ticket should cost, how much the pay-per-view is going to make. But nevertheless, I digress. Let's talk about the undercard. Um, 
Oscar Colazzo knocks out Reineres Gutierrez in three rounds. Absolute whitewashing. Beats the brakes off him. Uh, Puerto Rican kid by way of New Jersey moves to 9-0 and with seven knockouts, which seven knockouts at 105 pounds is uh, serious punching power. You don't see huge that big knockout numbers in those smaller weight classes. How'd you like that one? The first thing that you got to come to your mind, Ken, I just put more color to it. You know, color it in a little bit to the fans. When they see a guy like Colazzo, 9-0, 7 knockouts, he's already a world champion. When you're at that low weight, you have to be ready and get ready, or you got a problem, to fight better and top fights. You don't have the benefit, the privilege, the luxury of getting built up 15 and 0, 20 and 0, 25 and 0, you know, like they do in the heavier weights before you have to step in there with someone. No, 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 no. When you're, I give so much credit. That's why I have a lot of respect for all fighters. But these little guys, you have to, after a couple fights, not, 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 when I say a couple, I don't mean like a dozen. Uh, you know, he won the title in his sixth fight. This no. was his second well, defense that's, in his well, ninth that's fight. That's what I'm talking about. This actually, that's exactly what I'm saying. So, um, so he's a world champion, but it's not an accident that those guys like him are at that level so fast because you have no choice. Because when you're that light, there's not that many guys to fight. You don't have the benefit that the other weight classes have of if you're with that promoter who can take care of you and and get your 15 you know build up fights and record builders and confidence builder and give you maybe 20 of them no no if you're 105 pounds or anywhere around those kind of weights the straw weights those those kind of tiny weights there's just a lack of opponents there's not enough guys to go the route that i just talked about that they go at other weight classes to get built up. You have to be ready. You have to be ready physically, mature enough, strong enough. You have to be ready technically because you're dealing with speed and you're dealing with guys that have finesse, that have know-how. And you have to be mentally ready because you are going to have to go in. If you're going anywhere of, of any worth of any magnitude, you have to be ready to step in there with advanced fighters. So I just wanted to give a, kind of color that in a little bit and, and also give a shout to these guys in that way, that when you're that lower weight, man, you are not playing with the same deck that other guys are playing with. You're, 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 you're playing with a few less cards. You're, you really are. Uh, because you don't, you, you you better be ready fast. You be you better be ready for Freddie. You know, like they say, <laughs> hey, you better you you better be ready to uh, to really fight tough, good fighters after a few fights. Uh, after you know, a baker's dozen, and and even less than a baker's <laughs> dozen. You know, much less. Uh, a baker's half dozen. Like you said, Ken, six fights, you know, um, you, and you have no choice because there's no, there's just no, you know, there's not, 
there's not a harvest. If, if this was the farming business and you went out and you looked at the fields, right? And you look at the welterweight fields. Wow, there's a lot of corn out there. You look at the middleweight, a lot of corn out there. You look at the lightweight, a lot of wheat out there. And then you look at the 105 pounds. There ain't much out there. <laughs> like, wow, I, I, I don't see too much out there because there's not. You better be ready. So, Colasso, you know, he, he fought good two years, who's really was uh, a guy who has, he's been untested. He wasn't ready, obviously, for Colasso. Um, again, you got to step in. Same thing for good two years. You know, he was only 11 fights. I think he was 10 and 1. He, uh, same thing. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. He, he had no choice. Why is he, he's not ready? I just said he's untested. He wasn't ready for this guy. But he, but he had to be ready because there's not that many fights out there to get ready. Just not. So he got, you know, exposed that he wasn't ready. Colazzo, I like, I like his style. I like him. He used a counter right hook. He's a southpaw. Um, he also... He's a pressure fighter, but he does it smart. Customato, the great Customato, my mentor used to say to me, Teddy, make haste slowly. Great saying. Great advice. And that's what this guy reminded me of. You know, he makes haste slowly. Um, he's aggressive, but in a smart, graduate, gradual, not over-anxious or careless way. He applies steady responsible pressure, he takes steps, he's balanced, he moves his head, he's covered up really well. Uh, he did get caught a couple shots, but he's covered up pretty well. He was looking for the, the right spots, and he looks for the right spots. And he uses good technique to do it, and he showed that he's something that not everybody is. He's a good finisher. Once he heard him in the third round, he placed really nice, accurate, smart shots. He showed a patient aggression. Um, like I said, nine fights, and he's you know he's a world champion already. Uh, he had no choice. If you're going to be at that weight class, you got to get ready. He showed good counters off misses. He made a miss. He counted beautifully. Uh, I like one of the. I like one of the setups that he put together for the knockdown where he threw a left hand, you know, from the southpaw position, a left hand to the body, and then a right hook to the head. Uh, he did that really nice. Uh, I like him. I like him a lot. Like I said, you got to sink or swim when, when you're at this weight class. You know, usually... Usually you get a chance, you know, to go from the shallow end to the deep end before you go into the ocean. Uh, when when you're 105 pounds, Ken, uh, <laughs> you, you do a couple laps in the pool, then you get right off to the ocean, and uh, that's Colazzo, like you said, six fights, world champion. Uh, he went from the jacuzzi, basically, uh, <laughs> you know, right to the... Right to the deep end. I like him. I mean, at, at that at that weight class, you know, you're not going to... 
unfortunately, you're not going to probably hear and see a lot of them. I mean, what signature fights? There's not a lot of them out there. But the good news is he'll get right to them. You won't have to wait long because, <laughs> right? There's, uh, exactly. there's what else you're going to do? You're going to shadow box in the gym? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? So, yeah. I, I, but I, I, I like, I want to give him credit for that. I also, uh, his mother named him after, he, he's from Puerto Rican, uh, Puerto, he's Puerto Rican, Colasso, but his mother named him after De La Hoya, Oscar, uh, after De La Hoya. Mm. So, it's, it's kind of fitting that he's, he's being promoted by him. Yeah. Well, let's get into some of the fights coming up. It was a quiet weekend, nothing going on in the UFC, but let's talk about some of the uh, big, bo bigger boxing matches that were announced, and one in particular. Let's start with uh, Tim Zhu announced he's going to fight um, Keithy Thurman on March 30th. Um, I have a feeling this could end very badly for Thurman. He's super tough. He's been in with everyone, but Tim Zhu is at the top of his game in his prime, and Thurman has been inactive since. I'll check while we talk, but he hasn't fought in a long time. He's had time. one fight in four years. You could, you could, you could. There you go. Let me know if that's accurate. You could look right now, but he, the, the, the last the last over fight he was years. in with Mario. Mario Barrios, he went 12 rounds, scored a unanimous decision. Prior to that, though, he fought in two th July of 2019 against Manny Pacquiao. I was actually at that fight, and uh, he lost a split decision there. But, I mean, he, I, yeah, I think it was probably not as close as a split decision makes it sound. Listen, I, I like Keith Thurman. He's a smart fighter. He's a I good fighter. He's a versatile fighter. Um, he's fought everybody, but he doesn't fight often now. He's had injuries. He's had surgery on the shoulder. I think it was the shoulder, but whatever. Uh, he's made good money with Al Heyman, really good money. God bless him. That's one thing Heyman does. He makes money for his guys, um, and that's that's good. But I, I think he's maybe lost some interest. Maybe it's also the injuries. Whatever it is, what we do know is he has. He doesn't fight. He doesn't fight much. Been two years since his last fight, whatever that date was. It's. He's had two fights in four years, as I think I I said earlier. Um, yeah. Tim Zhu is a strong, young, bigger guy. Keep the move up. Um, Tim Zhu is, you know, undefeated. Hasn't learned how to lose yet. Uh, something that Keith Thurman used to be, but he's not. I think Zoo might be too young and, and strong and and good enough. Because even with that, Keith Thurman, with all that experience, you better be good enough. You better be good enough. Because he'll box, he'll pick spots, he'll use his legs as much as he can still use them on a consistent manner at, at the age that he's getting up. But let's remember another thing. I talked about the negative that been in, in Let's think about the positive. I want to be fair. I want to show both sides. He, he's not used up. Hey, he's definitely not used up. So he might be getting older, but he's not shop worn old because he, you know, he has had very little activity. He has had all these spurts of rest. So it could be interesting. It, it could be. It, 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 I mean, to test Zoo, uh, where, you know, 
to find out. I thought Zoo looked very good against uh, Harris, uh, you know, the, uh, the former champion from Detroit. Uh, what's his first name? I'm trying to remember. Tony Harrison. But, um, yeah, Tony Harrison. I thought he looked. I thought he really did. I thought he looked good because not just strong, not just that he can bang a little bit, not just that he's aggressive and he's fun to watch, but he he knows what he's doing, and and I think he's getting better. So, but but there's still some flaws in him where you can catch him where he'll stand up and funnier once in a while. And those are spots where Keith Thurman, with all his experience, will, you know, will look to obviously take advantage of if he can. So it's not at the top of the list for me, uh, to be honest. I, I'd rather see guy at, at Tim Zoo's own weight that's been more active. But I'll take it. I'll take it. I, you know... I wasn't asked if I want to take it, but I, I, I'll take it. Um, you know, and then uh, what else do we got, Ken? Um, the other one that I wanted to talk to you about is, uh, oh, on the undercard of that, we've got Rolly Romero and Isaacs Cruz. Yeah, Isaac Cruz moving up in weight. Uh, you know, I like Cruz. I like his style, his aggression, his attitude, his... I like all of that. And Raleigh's been a protected guy. You know, Raleigh can punch, but, you know, he came up short when he stepped up. You know, other people have come up short when they step up with that guy named Tank Davis, who I said years ago was a top fighter, before people started giving him credit for that. They said, oh, he's just a punch, he's this, he's that. No, no, no. The, the guy is a top fighter. He can do everything and everything. He's smart. He's he can box. He can go get you. He can punch. Obviously, he's responsible defensively. He's patient. Uh, he he's a he he is a he is a problem. Tank Davis. So he got rid of of course Romero, um, but Romero has been protected. He you know he got. He got protected a little bit in a fight that he got hurt with the guy that's uh, 40 years old, looks like he's 60, but but give him credit. <laughs> give him credit, Ken. He just pulled off another of nice course. win. What's his name? Give it to me, please. Give it to me, baby. Um, uh, Spacey, give me a second. <laughs> he had Romero hurt, and then Romero hurt him a little bit, and the referee stopped it that uh, Tony Weeks, who I, I don't think he should be refing anymore, but that's my opinion. And and I look out for the fans. I I feel sometimes when I come on this show, I'm representing you. I'm representing me, Teddy Atlas. But I'm representing you too, and what you you want put out there. And so I put that out there. That Weeks uh, probably shouldn't be uh, refed anymore from his uh, some of the things he's been doing uh, recently. Ishmael Barroso is the guy. Yeah, and I, and look, I I love the guy. He's you know, he's forty years old. He just got a a signature win. He get him. He should get himself a title fight now. Or was that for some interim silliness? I don't know what it was. Nowadays, I don't know. I don't pretend to know what half of these things are for. Uh, belts, interim belts. Uh, it was an inter WBA interim. Interim belts, ballistic. Uh, you know, uh, belt. Uh, you know. Flash Gordon belt. I, I don't know what, <laughs> Ken, 
I, I don't know what they, and I'm, I've been in this business all, I, I admit it, I don't know what's coming and going with half of these damn things, what they're doing, but uh, I know that that guy deserves to get a, 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 a payday, uh, he probably deserves to get a rematch with Raleigh Romero, but instead Raleigh's going to, like I say, he's going to, uh, Isaac Cruz going to step up and wait, uh, Cruz the guy, um, you know, again, I'd rather see Raleigh fight a guy that, is not stepping up in weight as much, and but I, I like Cruz. I like what he brings, so I'm I'm not going to go against him. What I will say though is, don't go and plan on too much on that fight on March 30th yet. Maybe you could, but according to Ryan Garcia, he's going to be fighting Raleigh. On April 20th. And now that brings us into another mess about I don't know what's going on. There's a, but with Dilo Hoyer and, and his crew and Ryan Garcia, who they're supposed to be promoting, who obviously they, <laughs> they, they have some uh, problems that haven't been worked out. Uh, it's not a happy marriage. I think, I, I mean, you sure as hell don't need me to tell you this at this point. You know, you don't need the Mason Kreskin to tell you that. It's not a... It's not a real happy situation over there. It's the War of the Roses, that movie. Remember that movie, The War of the Roses? <laughs> yeah. I hope it don't end that way. But, but, but that's what they are. That's what Golden Boy and Ryan Garcia, that whole mix, that, that, that whatever you want to call it, mess mix, it's the War of the Roses. And so, Isaac Cruz, Raleigh Ramirez, undercard of Tim Zhu, Keith Thurman. By the way, it's not a title fight. It was supposed to be a title fight, but... Zoo and Keith Thurman, suddenly it's not a title fight. It's a non-title fight. And instead of at 154 pounds, junior middleweight, I guess it's at 155 pounds now. See, I want to put everything out there the best I can. Uh, even if I miss some, I try not to. Uh, so March 30th, supposedly Isaac Cruz and Raleigh Romero. But according to Ryan, no, he says he's fighting Raleigh April 20th. So... Uh, Ken, what do you make of all that, Ken? Uh, the same as I make of it, nothing and confusion. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And it's less than less than no interest <clears throat> in that one. I mean, that's I don't know. I, uh, it is what it is. Um, also on the card, I guess you got Lara uh, against Sarafa. Um, Lara, I don't know how old Lara is. But I'll I say one thing. I, I caught a lot of his fights. He was one of the Cubans that escaped from Cuba. He was a terrific amateur. And he came over, won a world title. I, I, I caught a lot of his early fights on ESPN. He's a southpaw. He's a good defensive fighter. Good fighter like most of those Cubans. They, they learn their trade. They're, a lot of them, are, you know, they've, I mean, they have a great, I talk about the Mexican history. How about the Cuban history of great fighters? Uh, you got to, you got to put that there too. But um, Lara, I don't know how old he is. I mean, it's, it's, he keeps going. He keeps <laughs> chugging along. But the one thing I do know about is that I think he beat Canelo. I think that Canelo, you know, again, when people think I'm getting too tough on him, I thought Canelo lost his two fights. And he's terrific, Canelo. But he lost his two fights. I thought the first two fights for Triple G – he lost to Mayweather, of course, and I thought he, uh, I thought he lost a very close fight to 
to Lara, but they weren't going to give it to Lara. Um, but anyway, Lara's still fighting. He's getting old, so that that's on the card. It's not a scintillating card, to be honest with you. For the first card that Al Heyman is going to, I guess, take over, right? That's his card, right? Where he's taking over to Amazon. Lisa, yeah. So it's the it's going to yeah. be the premiering, debuting card, the first one with Amazon after after they lost the deal with with uh, Showtime. Showtime pulled out of, of boxing. Now they found another place to land. They went to Amazon. I, maybe you could have came up with a better card. It's not bad. But it's not bad. But you better be careful down the road what you give them, guys. Because I know that Al Heyman hired uh, the same guy that was in charge of boxing at the place that decided not to do boxing anymore because uh, <laughs> the fights weren't good enough. Whatever. It, it ran its course. They had some great fights, great history, but it ran its course. They weren't, the fans obviously didn't feel they were getting uh, top product, whatever, uh, on a consistent enough level or uh, basis. And, uh, you know, Showtime decided that it didn't make sense anymore after 30-something years of it making sense, just like HBO. And they, they decided to pull out. But the guy that was in charge of making sure that the product was something where the fans wouldn't get tired of or where Showtime wouldn't, uh, you know, pull the plug on, Espinosa, the guy that was in charge of that, Heyman decides to hire him and bring him to Amazon. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Ken. For me... <laughs> he maybe he owes them for different reasons. I'm sure that's part of it. You know that they did for each other, whatever. And it's a payback. Maybe it's just plain loyalty. All right, I love loyalty. So if it's that, okay. But uh, I just hope that you you got your eyes open because here you are over there now at Amazon, a new place. You you want to stay there, yeah. You know, and it's usually a, a better chance to stay somewhere if you give them good fights. And if you're taking a guy with you that wasn't given good fights, <laughs> at least the last few years, you're taking a little bit of a risk. But that he's the businessman. That's his choice. I hope it does well because I hope boxing does well. Boxing needs platforms for these fighters to fight. So, yeah. Lara, by the way, is 40. Yeah, all right. If uh, hopefully that's legitimate. Sometimes these guys, they're, <laughs> you know, sometimes they they're coming from another country. They had to escape from the country. I got nothing but, I got nothing but love for those guys that they had to go through the tough things they went through to get on a raft, or sometimes and to risk their lives to come over here for a better, you know, for for a better life and a chance to do what they were trained to do that they weren't allowed to do in a professional level in Cuba that was a communist country. I got I got nothing but respect for those guys. But sometimes on those kind of travels, they they could lose their birth certificate. You don't do, do you know exactly how old they are? The only way you know is one day they get in the ring and you say, "Oh my god. That guy's old." 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, do you remember the pitcher Al Duque from Cuba that also came over <laughs> yeah, here for the Yankees? Great yeah. money pitcher. What a uh, why wouldn't he be? He had ice in his veins coming from the regime he came from, having to see what he yeah. saw, yeah. having to That's overcome what he overcame. Why wouldn't he have ice in his veins? Uh, he comes over. Uh, he won so many World Series games with with the Yankees, but who uh, God knows how old that guy really was. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about another fight that was uh, recently announced. Noya Inoue against Lewis Neary. This is a uh, bit of a grudge match because um, Neary had a pair of stoppage wins over Japan's longtime champion Shinsuke Yamanaka. And uh, after his the first uh, victory in August 2017, he was suspended. Neary was suspended afterwards for a banned substance. Zilpad Zilpayatrol was found in his system. Neri argued that it was tainted meat from Mexico. Again? Uh, Again? I've heard that somewhere We've heard that. More tainted meat? Come on. (laughs) Go buy. You guys, go buy some Colby beef. Buy Colby beef. (laughs) He was suspended by the Federation, the Boxing Japan, Boxing Federation, whoever oversees it, indefinitely, but apparently they're lifting the ban now to feed him to the wolf and let uh, Noya Inoue get some vengeance on him. So that fight's been announced for May 6th. Um, That'll be an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, did you you mentioned Inoue had, had publicly stated, right, that he thought he should be banned, right? That, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I didn't uh, say that, but I yeah. that's, they have bad blood well, with no, each I other. No, I just yeah, want to put that out there like because other. this way the people understand how where this really comes from and how serious it is and how deep it runs. That in a way did, uh, and I, I, I don't blame him, I get it. He, he beat his compatriot over there, um, and then afterwards he tests positive. Then he tests positive, I guess, another time, right, Ken? Um, and, yeah. and then in a way, the great in a way, uh, makes a statement publicly saying that he that Neary should be banned from from boxing for life so that's part of where the bad blood that's that's that now you can understand it's 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 serious you know problems between the two of them look Neary is a good really good puncher he's a he's a good puncher uh, he's 35-1. and one. He, Here's the good news. He's been a champion, in, I think, in two, two, just like in a way, he's been a champion in different weight classes. Um, I think he's, he's a former two-weight world champion. And he's a southpaw. And he's a good puncher. That's all the good news to make a possible risky fight for in a way, good fight for in a way, the great in a way. By the way, he's the greatest. Him and Crawford. I don't even have one and two. I have one and one entry. They're, 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 they're both number one. They're interchangeable. In a way, in Crawford, they are that special. They are that special. Uh, and, and there's a gap between them and, and everyone else. Not huge. You know, Beevil's not far off, guys like that. But there's a gap. There's a gap. Better be off, of course, but there's still a gap. Um, for me. Here's, again, the good news. Neary, Southpaw, really good puncher, former two-weight world champion, Southpaw. Here's the bad news. And, and it's, I'm not being a wise guy. 
His one loss is to a guy I love. I love the guy, Brandon Figueroa. Love his style, love his attitude. I just love him. I hope he makes a lot of money because he's the kind of guy who puts himself at risk all the time, takes, you know, takes punches to 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 get to you. Figueroa's gotten better, he moves his head more, but he's a guy that is also perpetual motion and aggression. You know, I talked about Henry Armstrong, the great Henry Armstrong. Anytime I mix somebody's name in with Henry, I am giving him great, 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 great respect and accolades. Couldn't be greater. I said it about, about Billy. I said it, you know, I said it about the lightweight, Matias. Um, I'm going to say it about the guy that Neary lost to his one loss, Brandon Figueroa. I, I, he's, he's, he's like a little Henry Armstrong. Nobody's Henry Armstrong, but he's like a little Henry Armstrong in a way that he keeps coming, he's tough, he believes in himself, and he goes, he, he, he just doesn't stop. Um, and he's been a world champion uh, also, Figueroa. I, as a matter of fact, I think he got a title back recently, an interim title. I believe he's a champion right now. He lost his title to Fulton, who in a way knocked out, and then, uh, and then I believe that if my memory serves me correctly, that Figueroa then won the title again, which he has now. But that's his one loss. Here's the bad news. In the one loss to Figueroa, he got stopped. Anyone could get stopped. I mean, you come back, you win. It happens. But he got stopped. And he got stopped by a body shot. Because Figueroa... Part of why I love him, tremendous body puncher. He doesn't stop. Well, here's the bad news. This guy, in a way, he's a very good body puncher too. And he doesn't stop putting pressure on. He don't throw the amount of punches, the, the, the pure, unadulterated numbers, you know, uh, quantity of punches Figueroa does, but he throws well-placed. <laughs> he, he gives pressure, smart pressure, consistent pressure, and he's, he throws well-placed, smart, clean punches that are designed to do damage to specific areas of your anatomy. That's what Inouye does. And part of his target zone in the anatomy is the body. And if Neary got stopped by a body shot from Figueroa, you could be damn sure that Inouye is aware of that. And he he doesn't need he doesn't need any prodding. He doesn't need any extra, you know, uh, incentive uh to go to the body. That's what he does. He goes to your body. And he will be going to the body of Neary and at the end of the day, I think it's an interesting fight because of the bad blood, because Neary's a good fighter. He's a former world champion. He's a good puncher. He's a southpaw. He's all of those things. At the end of the day, in a way, in his last fight, some people would say he struggled a little. He stopped the guy in the tent. He didn't struggle, but they say <laughs> he struggled because he's in a way. Oh, he struggled a little, Ted. You know, he, you know, he, he showed a little bit of humanness, that he was human, the monster, that, that he, you know, that he, uh, 
It took him 10 rounds. Well, first of all, he was in there with a guy who's a solid guy, a really solid fighter, and he did stop him in the 10th round. But if you're looking for some reason to be on the side of Neary, you could also say that the guy that he stopped in a way in his last fight was a southpaw, that maybe that was part of the problem that in a way dealt with. Maybe, maybe Neary also as I said, uh, it's the southpaw and a good puncher. So, interesting. I like in a way, but interesting fight. Yep. And the last one I wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, Vasily Lomachenko in with George Cambosos, May 12th. That one's been announced. I'll check and see if it's been finalized, but um, that'll be an interesting fight. What do you think? You know, Cambosis doesn't get enough credit. I think he's better than people think he is or that he looks sometimes. He's not a big puncher. He's a good technician. He's a solid guy. He's got that one huge win. Some people don't know if it was legit. Like, Of course it's legit. He beat Teofimo Lopez, uh, who was undefeated, who had just beaten Lomachenko and was really riding high. Um, did he have an off night, uh, Lopez? Yeah, probably did. He might have, but whatever. But he still, he got off the floor, Cambosis, and he he put he put he put um, uh, Teofimo on the floor, which was very unexpected, and he pulled off the win. He pulled off the decision. Uh, so he's he he's he's got that you know he has that trophy win. That again, a lot of people are saying, ah, what did it really mean? Did it really mean he was that good, or was it just that, you know, Lopez was looking past him? He something was wrong. He wasn't, you know, because there was talk about that he wasn't a hundred percent. You know, I know physically different things going on. Whatever. At the end of the day, he he got the win, and he had to get off the floor to do it, and he's beaten. You know, he's beaten some guys that don't have the big names, but that are solid guys. He's a, I like Cambosis. He's a nice, solid fighter. Um, he's got his two losses, obviously, to a tremendous fighter, to Haney, you know, and, and they weren't real close, but they were... You know, but he was in there. He he was, in, but they weren't real competitive, real close. And it was in his home country where he had that edge. But you know, obviously, Haney still won handily. But again, I think he's, I think he's better than, than than a lot of people get credit, give him credit for now. And Lomachenko, well, he's getting older. I, I, he he looked terrific against Haney. A lot of people thought he won. It was very close fight, very close. I I probably had Haney. I, I'd have to go back and visit my notes, but I probably had Haney winning a very close fight. But I thought that Lomachenko was coming on strong at the end. One thing about the Haney fight with Lomachenko that really got me a little bit: Lomachenko was coming on strong, looked like he was maybe getting to Haney late and then all of a sudden he took one of those late rounds right afterwards off which was really really kind of mind-boggling uh i i mean maybe obviously he had a reason to do it maybe he needed to physically take that round off. whatever whatever the reason was but by taking that round off i thought it hurt him uh after he had a really big round i think it was the 11th round and he took the 12th off whatever it was or it was the 10th he took the le- what whatever it was it was late in the fight but Lomachenko fought really well against Haney, who's 
obviously one of the elite guys out there, but I, he is. He had 300 amateur, 400 amateur fights. Um, he's been in, you know, a tough fights in the pros, not a million fights, but still tough fights. Uh, he's he, he's getting older. I think he's showing a little bit, a little bit of that. You know, people right away get insulted if I use the word slippage. Like, what? I'm not insulting anyone. I, at the same breath that I say slippage, Lomachenko is still one of the top guys. Still, you got to beat him before you can say that he's slipping or he's doing this or that. He deserves the slot that he has in the pound-for-pound uh, upper echelon of pound-for-pound fighters. I, I think he belongs there. He still belongs there. He deserves that spot until somebody could knock him out of that spot. Uh, he's he's a great fighter. He's a tremendous fighter. He was a two-time gold medalist in the Olympics. He won his... He's one of those special guys like Regan Dial, like Inouye. I talked about him earlier, uh, like like um, uh, Morrell. One of those special guys that could win a world title after a few fights, just a few fights. Uh, he, but he is getting older. But I like him. Uh, he's gonna. I I like him over Cambosis. I just like he, he's a different class. He's a different class. Cambosis, yeah. like I give him credit, but he's a different class. Uh, he's one of those special guys, Lomachenko. He's still special. Uh, everyone gets older. You know, Father Time starts banging at everyone's door. I don't care who you are. Yep. But Lomachenko mm-hmm. is still a special, still a special guy, still one of the top, top guys. I like Lomachenko in that fight, uh, you know, to get the job done. Yeah, good one. Well, we covered everything from the weekend. We previewed a bunch of fights coming up. A fairly slow weekend coming up in boxing, and there's a, um, a UFC fight night card. You know, one thing I noticed about that UFC card, 13 fights, 26 fighters. There's only two undefeated fighters on the um, on the docket and uh, one in the prelims and one on the main card. You don't have to be undefeated card, in the UFC, Ken. Because that's you're, right. Because you, you're... In the pros, you know what the problem in my sport and our sport in boxing um, is that you can be undefeated, but quite often you're untested. And you yep. never can say that in the UFC. You know, where they, right. these guys, they're not undefeated, but they're all tested. And because they're tested, they will beat undefeated fighters. They uh, point, yep. point, Case in point. What was it, a week ago? I broke the fight down. Well, a week ago, that kid, um, the undefeated kid, really promising kid that had all all uh stoppage wins you know all all uh, uh submission wins and he was fighting the very experienced uh fighter who had god knows a bunch of losses but but a tough tested guy warrior like all of them and the under the kid that was undefeated in the ufc uh like i said he had won all his fights by submission um what what's this Hold on, Sam. Hand me the just. To, oh, there it is. Yeah, nah, I got it. Uh, Mallet was the undefeated kid on on you know uh, that was stepping up against Magny. Uh, he was a favorite, pretty big favorite, and Magny had you know been in with everyone. Uh, you know the what what you get in the UFC. A, a guy that fought everybody's been through the fires. He's been forged in the fires, and he's fighting his up and coming guy. We're gonna find out how good he was. And Mal- Malloy Mally, uh, what's the right Mal- Mally? His 
Mallet. Mallet has he was the yeah. he was the real deal the first two rounds. He showed he showed talent. He showed why he's undefeated. He showed why there was a lot of promise about him. The you know a lot of uh, excitement in the air about his future. You know all of that. And then he got taken into the deep waters by by um, Magni, uh, the very experienced Magni who's been in deep waters before, and he got drowned. He got drowned. That's the UFC, and that and that's always the UFC. That you better be ready. You better be ready. You better never look at your opponent and say, "Oh, the guy's got eight losses, five losses, seven losses, ten losses." No, no, it don't matter. It don't matter. The guy's still a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and you better be freaking ready. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, because they, and I'll leave on that. I'll leave on that. Because in the UFC, they are all carnivores. They are all <laughs> carnivores. My, my grandson was so much into the, you know, I got beautiful grandkids, Teddy, uh, Joseph, Mara, Adeline. I'm so blessed, uh, me and Elaine. We're so blessed. But my little buddy also, they're, they're all my buddy. But my little buddy Joseph, who lived with us for four years, and now they're gone, my heart is broken. But it's, I'll get over it. I'll get over it. I'll get over it. I'll get over it. Why did my daughter take them away? I mean, I thought I was a good father. How do you take, they lived with us for four years. How do you take them? Uh, oh, because we have to live our own life and we bought a, a, a house down in Jersey and, you know, we lived with you for four years while we were looking, but uh, we have to move on, Dad. Oh, all right. Oh, all right. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I regress. Well, speaking of little kids, Cameron told me on his way out the door today to tell you he said hello as he was uh, hustling off to school. Tell, tell the future champion I said hello. He, he is a future champion. He's got the attitude. He's got the, the work ethic, everything, and he's got the character. Tell him, and he's been tested at an early age already. Uh, keep passing those tests. Keep going for those tests. But I'll finish with, with, my, uh, with my buddy, one of my buddies, but my buddy Joseph, he was, I bought him every dinosaur you could. I mean, he was into dinosaurs. All the kids are. Well, at a certain, he's not anymore. But he was, he, every dinosaur there was, he had. He, uh, and my daughter reminded me of it. Not in the nicest way. Dad, does he need any more? Uh, if there are any more in existence, yeah. Heck, uh, yeah, then he will. Then he will. If, there, there, if, there's a discuss, if there's a new fossil found somewhere in the, in the red box, in the, in the, in the rock beds of Arizona, if there's a new fossil, <laughs> if there's a new fossil found uh, of a new species, yeah, he's going to get it. He, as soon as it's announced, he'll get it. So he, <laughs> one day I came home and he said, Papa, look what I did. And we went in the living room and literally he had probably 100 dinosaurs, maybe 200, whatever. And on one side of the living room, which you couldn't walk because there was no room. It was dinosaur territory. On one side of the room, there was one species of certain kinds of dinosaurs and the other. And he says, look how I separated them, Papa. And he started giving me all their names. This is a Tyrannosaurus. This is a raptor. This is a what? This is a, and he's, <laughs> he, uh, this is a, you know, a Triceratops. This is a, and he's going over all of them. He goes, I said, you got them all separated, bud. He goes, yeah, because these are the carnivores. And, uh, <laughs> and these are the, uh, these are the, um, herbivores. the herbivores. 
So the herbivores can't go near the carnivores, Papa. They can't. I said, why? He said, because they get eaten, because they're carnivores. <laughs> and I'll leave you with that. I'll leave you with that, with that brilliance, with that brilliance from at the time that three-year-old three year Joseph, I'll, I'll leave you, Joseph Atlas Fazio, and the brilliant, uh, my brilliant Teddy the Fourth too, who also was into time. I'll leave you with, with this. You can't go into the UFC if you're not a carnivore. <laughs> That's true. Because it's not for herbivores. That's nope. it. God bless everyone. Have have a great have a great great week. Um everybody, Ken, Rob, everyone, Sam, uh and you know, get ready with my bookie. And one one other quick thing I wanna add before we sign off. I wanna give a shout out to the folks at athletic greens if you've been with us you know that the show is fueled by athletic greens myself teddy the producer rob our cameraman sam we all take athletic greens athletic greens is the all-in-one green drink you take it one scoop in the morning every day it's an insurance policy for your body's health and immunity i'm getting ready to take a work trip to miami so you know i've got my travel packs packed with me and if you want some travel packs sign up at athleticgreens.com slash atlas and athletic greens will send you 10 free travel packs with your first purchase again athleticgreens.com slash atlas the all-in-one green drink made only from whole food sourced ingredients which is the critical component here all the ingredients here are coming from whole food sources they're not like fabricated in a lab check them out athleticgreens.com and the only time that you're allowed to be a herbivore. God bless. So long. Be safe. That's it. See you next week, everyone. <laughs>